For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. And welcome back to another middle-aged another. episode. Another? Yes, there's more. And the thing is... This is show number 59. It's catching up to our age now, the number of shows. <laughs> That's very good. That's very funny. You know, we're like uh, the John Cameron Swayze commercial when we were growing up. Oh, Takes yes. a licking and keeps on, keeps ticking. on ticking. That's right. Welcome That's right. to Middle-Aged Warriors. I'm Rick Summers. He's Chris Cimino. And uh, I think show I still number 59 have. Yeah. from a couple of 59-plus-year-olds. It's been been a strange stretch of the last, um, well, we'll call it week. So we're kind of hitting this show later than we wanted to. But uh, we're just going to try to catch up, I guess, on a, on a lot of life issues that have been going on. So I um, also want to talk about the fact that uh, we really appreciate the folks who have downloaded some of our previous shows, which were really interesting shows. The, in, in particular, the one with Leslie Gold has done very well. And I think people really find that uh, fascinating the, the program that she's developed herself. Yeah, and let's let's remind everybody what it's about. Mm. And Leslie is a documentarian, former broadcaster in New York radio and uh, on Fox. She's I mean she's been around, and um, she's doing these documentaries for her podcast, but also on a private level for people whose parents are aging and. You want to be able to capture some of the secrets and interview them and have this memento of their life on a videotape. And she, I just spoke to her this morning and she's starting to get some traction, which is great. Yeah. No, I think that's a great gift to give because it becomes generational. It lives forever. And to be able to hear the voice of those people that, you know, grandchildren and then great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren will never have the chance to hear in person, but to hear them speak so honestly, because that's really, I think, what Leslie gets out of these people, the really honest story. And probably, to be perfectly honest myself, I think for a lot of people, it takes later in life to be open and honest and, and vulnerable and not feel threatened by that. I mean, I remember hearing stories from my dad about being in the army and these different experiences he had. He didn't tell me those stories until he was in his 70s. And like that, I would have loved to have heard those when I was a kid, right. but I think I thought they would be boring. It's like, so it, it's, it's interesting how when you get older, you reflect probably more in your life and now you're willing to tell your story. You don't feel so uncomfortable about it. And I think that's what Leslie is doing. And it's a great gift to give to generations moving forward. But Chris, you know what? It's also indicative of you and I, or you and me, uh, because, uh, I hear my mother's grammar correction in my yeah, head. I don't even know what's um, right anymore. <laughs> yeah, because uh, honestly, you know, 20 years ago, you and I were not doing something like this, sitting down and talking about some of the things that you and I talk about uh, and certainly hang out there like dirty laundry. But now that we're older and it's kind of like all bets are off mm -hmm. and it just doesn't matter. 
you know, well, let's just let's just be who we are. I think the truth actually lends to people growing more. And and we spend so much time holding back because we're afraid of how we're going to get judged. But Received, so many people yeah. share the but people share the same pain and the shame, the same uh, self inadequacies that they think they have and their insecurities. And when they hear somebody like us talk about it, maybe it makes them go, oh, I'm not alone here. You know, I'm not the only yeah. one. And it, it and it hopefully it helps. And I know it has because I've gotten feedback from people. So I think that's the cool thing about hitting this age, not giving a crap about what we say, really, because it's just yeah. the truth. I'm not looking to hurt anybody. I'm looking to help people with this, right? The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. Yeah, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. But, you know, the other thing is when I think about all the shows that we've gotten feedback on, I'd say one of the ones that got the most and incredible feedback was our show about loss. Yeah. That we did last fall, I believe. That is, yeah. it was in the winter. It, that was actually yeah. our most downloaded show. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Which, which, yeah, which, which tell, it sounds like a, you know, sort of a, a downer topic. But it's a reality topic in particular for for people in middle age. And I think everybody's looking for the tools to heal and get through that when because you will start losing very key people in your life the longer you live. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah. You know, and to that, uh, the reason this podcast is so late this week is because um, I had to go down to Florida. I have a brother who lives down there. And sadly and tragically, he was struck by a car. And the initial, when it first happened, the first 24 hours, I was being told he may not make it. And uh, my sister, my mom flew down, and then I followed suit earlier this week. Fortunately, uh, the news is better in the sense that it's it's trending positive. But, yeah. you know, this guy has a shattered pelvis, shattered kneecap, 12 broken ribs, uh, various contusions on his head, facial fractures. It's even amazing that he's he's alive, but again, it's one of those things that starts to put everything back into perspective of the fragility of of, of our lives. Yeah, but uh, he's still hospitalized and uh, and going through some very dramatic stuff. You were talking about what was the term you used? Uh, um, but, 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 oh, I see, and I see you syndrome. You know, yeah, that's something that's I I never knew about. Um, but it was interesting because by the time I got down there, at least he was starting to be able to communicate and speak. And the second day I was there, we had conversation that was fairly normal. I mean, he was still very weak. But then the next day, it, it, the conversation was all over the board. He thought he could get up out of bed and walk and go to the bathroom. And apparently just today I was speaking to my mom and my sister-in-law. And he told my sister-in-law, uh, Chris is making a movie. And she said, oh, really? You uh, are? About what? Yeah. And he goes, uh, zombies. <laughs> I don't know where the hell he got that from. And not to make a joke out of it, but apparently this there is, and you know this, you've, you've dealt with some of these scenarios in social yeah. work and things. There is something when you're in an ICU unit, and I have to tell you, just in the few days I was down there, the things you see, and then you see the families of these people who are in such traumatic state, 
um, it's 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 hard to watch. It really is tough. It really is. But and that's one of the reasons that the show we did and the other show about caregiving that we did with Suzanne White a couple of months ago are so valuable because they're things we need to talk about. You know, I said on my 40th birthday, which hard to believe is 21 years ago, <laughs> Ouch. life is life is short and getting shorter. Mm. And I caught a lot of crap from people about that. But I thought, you know what? That's the reality. Life is short and we're, well, you know, but yeah. uh, the truth of the matter is, and I said this to the dean at my school uh, when I graduated from NYU in school and social work, I learned so much by spending time in a facility for aged people, uh, nursing home, uh, rehabilitation center. I said, you deal with so many issues that are so real to our life that we're all dealing with or mm -hmm. will deal with. Nobody's exempt. And that's the thing. No. And, you know, when you when I saw what I saw over the last few days and I mean, young people, one one young man uh, fell off of his bike, no helmet. From what I could hear in the hallway, they weren't even sure he was going to make it. Another uh, there was a dad there, his son, they were visiting from Indiana, just visiting on vacation, got hit by a car. And wow. now he's he's trapped there. He can't go home. The condition of his son is is really day to day, apparently. So you see so, so much of that. And the other side of this, I must say, and we've talked about this before, but to reinforce it, boy, I, I cannot say enough, like the nurses, how, yeah. particularly in these ICU units, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. They do it stoically. They, and very often, very gently and with, with such grace and care. And it's freaking hard. And I don't know how they go home and, and unwind at night, you know, bells and things and things going off constantly, all sorts of emergencies, all sorts of demands from not only the patient, but then the family members of the patient, everybody wants maximum attention. Yeah. And answers, yeah. you know, and they just handle it really in general, so gracefully they, they can't pay these people enough to do what they do, because I think it's a special breed of human being who's willing to well, do that. And then when you put it under the microscope and look what we've been through as a society, as a globe for the mm. past year with the pandemic. And uh, I think about, and I'm glad we're talking about this because I, th I think it's really worthwhile. I think about New York City and we were talking a couple weeks ago with Daniele and Max about the resurgence and the comeback of New York. And I think back to a little more than a year ago the refrigerator trucks outside hospitals in New yeah. York where they had to store uh, bodies because mm -hmm. they didn't have the capacity to deal with it. And you think about where we've been and where we are and where we're hopefully going. Yeah. And, and again, it's those special people that got us through that. And I don't think, I know, I, I, I know speaking from my side, I, I could never deal with what those people deal with and then come back again the next day. I think I would have uh, curled up in a ball and gone home and said, I can't do this anymore. This is, this is just, it's, it's too difficult to see every day. So again, kudos, hats off. Uh, thanks to the staff uh, that's taking care of my brother as well. And, you know, hopefully it's, it's going to be a slow process. I mean, he was told he may be walking on his own in four to five months. So that's how long of wow. a rehab this is going to be. This is uh, this can be a long haul and it's going to take yeah. a lot of patience and it's going to take a lot of uh, intestinal fortitude from him 
as well. And, and the, you know, we all have to surround him and try to, you know, egg him on and support him, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. So it's, you know, just one more ball in the air, one more thing on your plate. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing, you know, being down there with my mom, who's now 86 years old and uh, you know, that's a whole other thing. And she has other issues as an 86 year old would. And so the dynamic of, you know, I've got my brother there in that condition that you never think you're going to see another human being, certainly not a, a sibling in, in that state laying there. And, and my mom on the other side, this is her baby. And, you know, you do realize I, as a, as a, as a dad, it doesn't really matter how old you are and how old they are. They're always your baby. And when you see them in that state um, and, and there's really not much you can do other than just be present. Um, right. I know, I know it was very, very difficult on my mom and still is. And, you know, I just got off the phone before and she was talking about coming back and she has to come back. She has her own health issues, um, feeling guilty. And I said, well, you, you, you can't feel guilty. You know, you flew <laughs> down there immediately. You stayed bedside. You've supported him. Lord knows the stories for years and years and years. And you're not, not supporting him now, but you need to take care of yourself a little bit too. And, and, you know, I'm sure she'll, be flying back down again, not that far uh, down the down the road. But speaking of what we were talking about this before, I, I guess I had texted you and I was getting on the plane. I had never really experienced this before. So flying with my mom, I had to reserve wheelchair because right. there's no way she can walk any long distance. In these airports, you get, off, you get off the plane, it's like you've got to walk to the next zip code, you know, to get out of the airport. So, yeah. you know, there's no way she could have done that. But I have to say, I flew United. You know, I've had some ups and downs with United over the years, I'm going to be honest, but I flew United and I uh, booked the uh, the wheelchair at Tampa and also on the return to Newark Airport. And they were spot on. They were right there. The people who were handling the wheelchair and, and helping us couldn't have been nicer, kinder, gentler, more understanding. Um, and like I said to you, it was the first time ever I was the first passenger on a plane. I got, you know like, I've never, that's never happened to me before. As I always say, jokingly, and I know I shouldn't, because, no. uh, but I say disability has its privileges to some degree. Yeah, sadly, um, sadly. But... That sounds like a credit card uh, slogan. I think it was, but membership yeah. has its privileges. Right. Um, but the truth of the matter is, and Chris, I can speak from experience uh, because in the last few years, uh, I can't walk and I use a walker. And uh, so all my accessibility at the airport, uh, either uh, departing or arriving, I have relied on wheelchair assistance. And I have to tell you that the airlines have gone far and above to try and be cognizant and compassionate when it comes to and they get the greatest people who uh work in those positions yeah. and by the way um did you tip your wheelchair person or i uh, my mom does yes good Absolutely. good yeah because yeah, i see a lot of people don't and it really is 
you know, I don't think they're making a whole lot of money. No. So I always am very conscious, especially with the amount of walking they have to do, pushing a wheelchair, mm -hmm. what seems like interminable down these terminals. Well, going from Tampa, they had asked me if I wanted somebody then to come along. And I said, no, you know, we were checking and we were kind of early. So I did get to experience that while carrying my, my luggage and and some of my moms, but we were able to stow it, you know, on the bottom, some um, of it on the bottom yeah. of the wheelchair. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy go necessarily maneuvering. It was funny because then going on to the, actually up the ramp onto the plane, then somebody does help. And, right. the, and the girl turned around and said, so who's the better driver, me or your son? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I was, I'm not the better driver when it comes to a wheelchair. Uh, but it was, it's that kind of personality that they made it light. They made it fun. Um, so again, yeah. I, I met some, I met some great people uh, in the midst of going somewhere for a really not so great reason. I did get to see some really nice side of uh, human behavior that often gets buried that we don't talk about because we always you know, the news is about the ugly stuff. Nobody's going to say, hey, there was a wonderful person who helped Chris's mom with a wheelchair at Newark Airport. Uh, that's not a story. It should be, but it's not. Yeah. You know, we always have to, you know, talk about the ugliness of people. So, you know, I, I do want to point that out, that there's a lot of, there's still a lot of good stuff out there. And there's some very good people doing some really great work every day that goes unseen. But uh, While we're at the airports, were they packed? How was the plane? The plane was packed. I can tell you that. Uh, the airport... Um, you know, I'd say lightly to maybe moderately busy. When we got to Newark, the girl said in the morning, I guess it was Friday morning, she said it was amazingly busy. They couldn't understand. It's like, why? This isn't a holiday weekend. But I think people are ready to go. You know, the, yeah. let's be honest, the reins are being loosened on everything. I'm watching the Met game last night, and it was amazing to see all these people in the stands. I know. And in a weird way, I have to be honest with you, as I was watching it, I felt like the other stuff didn't happen, meaning the empty stands. I almost started to forget. And I think we will fairly quickly once we start seeing all these events. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what it used to be. And I already started for, – I forgot about the cardboard cutout people when I saw real people. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like, what the hell? Was that a dream? Was that a bad freaking dream I had with these cardboard cutouts? But um, it, it's, it's, it's great to see. And – you know, let's let's hope we continue to move in, in the right direction with all of this. Um, I do want to say that going through what you went through this week, you really, really earned your stripes as a middle aged warrior. <laughs> well, thank you. But I, I think I I think we all do in different ways with time. And it just for me, you know, after going through a lot of other stuff that I went through from 50 on in that decade alone, um, it, nothing really doesn't seem to really knock me off the track anymore. It, it, you know, I will, it's emotional. I'll, I'll challenge, I'll be challenged. And I'll, I, but I, I deal with it. I think I've, I trust myself enough. If that makes any sense to you. I trust myself that I've learned what tools to use when I need them emotionally and, mm -hmm. and they seem to work for me. Um, so just being able to talk about it and just having a friend like you and, you know, and having people that I can share this stuff with, yeah, it's a big Thank help. And I, yeah, but I think people, everybody needs that. And I, I really, truly feel bad for the, the person who doesn't have anybody when they get in those situations. And we would come in day after day, let's say in the ICU, and, you know, it's a couple of patients, they never seem to have a visitor, nobody came. And I cannot yeah. imagine 
I can't imagine being in that state by yourself. Um, that's tough. That makes me well, sad. And, you know, that was one of the things that really educated me about my work as a social worker in a nursing home was how, you know, I think we talked about this with Leslie, was the fact that people can't deal with this stuff at home physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. on every level. And a lot of times what happens is they end up warehousing their loved ones or family members uh, and don't visit and don't come. Uh, and it's just easier if you don't pick up the rock and see what crawls out from underneath. And that's, sure. I think, one of the heartbreaking things. Um, Valerie and I talk about this all the time, that the most important thing we've determined in our life is showing up mm -hmm. and being there. Mm -hmm. And that really is the best thing you could possibly do, show up. Well, I think for the people on the receiving end of you showing up, it just is, it, it's so comforting to them and makes them feel, you know, relevant just, just by showing up. I mean, I think that's, that means, Hey, these people were thinking about me and what more can you ask when you're, when you're in such a down and out position, whether it's physically or emotionally to have someone stand up and go, Hey, I'm here for you. However you need yeah. me, don't need me. I could be a statue in the corner if you want, but I'm here for you. And, and I guess that's, that's speaks volumes and it's, it's an important thing. You know, platitudes are there. We all mm. toss them kind of like uh, we throw a bag of chips on the counter after grocery shopping and unpacking the bags. But the truth of the matter is you really need to think, think it through and you do need to show up because showing up is really what counts. And it's, it's not that you're going to get anything back from showing up other than the fact that hopefully you'll sleep a little bit better at night knowing that you did. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is you're, we're, we're not supposed to be doing good things, like you said, to get attaboys. It's, exactly. It's just to be something. I love that, attaboy. Yeah, you, know, you know, everybody loves an attaboy, but, you know, when you do something really, when you're giving of yourself and, and being generous, it's because you really want to do it and you don't need the attention of an attaboy to say, hey, good job. I mean, obviously there are people... And everybody's different. You know, some people get encouraged by that and they'll do it more. When some people don't get an attaboy, they're like, oh, nobody seems to care that I did that. So they don't do it anymore. You know, it, it's right. Everybody's different. It depends on where we come from. But I, I did want to, before we wrap up, uh, some lighter stuff. So uh, as Met fans, I'm not sure. I, I don't think you had the chance, but DeGrom again last night. Unbelievable. This guy, it's just crazy. He's a machine. It's uh, What's think, his ERA right now? I think it's, it's, it's under zero, one. It, no, it's 0 0.51, I think, or 0 0.52. It's just absolutely, it's insane. Now, keep in mind, I think it was 1968, Bob Gibson with the St. Louis Cardinals uh, had an ERA of 1.12. I think that was the lowest starting pitcher full season ERA. So, you know, he's on, I mean, I don't know how long he can keep going like this, but again, they gave me Ajita. They, they took him out. They had a three, nothing lead PS. Yeah. DeGrom drove in two of those runs for himself. Right. <laughs> and sure enough, they take him out after six innings and two runs out of the bullpen in the, in the seventh inning. I turned the game off because I didn't want to experience the Ajita saying they're going to blow this game and he's going to come out with, you know, no decision again, but they miracles and miracles. They held on three to two to win. And, and uh, DeGrom did get the win. So that was kind of cool to see. But did you hear the news on the sports this morning that he's got a tendonitis problem or something with his arm? 
Well, he has had that. So I'm wondering, I didn't, all I saw, I kind of stepped away from the TV. So they had taken him out after six innings. And I thought, you know, really, are we, are we doing that again? And we're, you know, yeah, I, really. his, his pitch count didn't seem very high. So maybe again, because he missed a couple of starts because of that. Right. But the whole Met team, it's amazing that this is a first place team when half of the team or more had been, has been on the disabled list or injured reserve list or whatever they call it these days. Um, so they've been they've been doing it with smoke and mirrors, but they're fun to watch. They're they were good. You know, a lot of young guys with a lot of enthusiasm. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. It's hey, look, it's June and the Mets are still in first place. Well, <laughs> you know, keep it interesting for me as long as you can is what I say. Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing I I discovered, by the way, and I think I I showed you this before the show. So I opened up the refrigerator uh, yesterday and I saw something that looked like uh, watermelon chunks, you know, in a plastic, you know, they cut up the watermelon in cubes and they sell it in containers. It looked a little pale for watermelon, but it looked like unripe watermelon. So I opened it up without looking at the lid and I popped it in. I was like, wow, wait a minute. This is pineapple. So apparently there's something called pink Honey glow pineapple, which is kind of the color almost of, of watermelon. Amazing. If you guys out there listening can find pink honey glow pineapple, I'm telling you, go for it. It is, it was delicious. Well, I think it's great that we got a vaccine in the last year. Uh, if we could come up with a cure for cancer and then figure out how to uh, cross infuse pineapples and watermelon. Yeah, uh, we, you know. we, got, we got the pink honey glow pineapple uh, that we can do, but uh, you know, still working on issues like cancer and other things. But uh, yeah, and know. other things. Well, first, come on, Rick, first things first. You know, why are you being so cynical about the pink honey glow pineapple? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Do you really want Dole trying to figure out how to cure cancer? I mean, let them stick to what they're good maybe, at. <laughs> maybe that's the answer. Oh, OK. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we've got all the wrong people working on it. But <laughs> that it? No, in retrospect, you know, talking about your experience with the medical community down at the hospital in Tampa. What was the hospital? Can you tell me? Uh, it's it's Bayfront in, uh, I guess it's, that's St. Petersburg, if I, I think. It okay. was Bay, Bayfront Hospital in uh, St. Petersburg. Um, and this was the trauma unit. There's actually a Johns Hopkins Children uh, Hospital attached to that, regular hospital, yeah. uh, rehab centers there. But uh, yeah, but but you're right. And you we talk about first responders and uh, all those people who gave of their lives and have given of their lives their whole life uh, in one way, shape or form to make our medical system work uh, when it does. It's pretty amazing. Now, if no, we and just a, get guns out of people's hands, maybe we keep our hospitals a little less uh, busy. That'll be another show, please. Uh, yeah. Every day I turn around, especially, you know, here in New York in particular, I know Chicago had a bad scene going for the last few years, but seems to be a little bit of an epidemic going on here. Uh, I just saw something actually just north of where I am in Yonkers. Uh, There was a a shooting, a a drive by. I mean, these things, some of these things are gang related, but it's just it's scary. You know, you don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time just by accident and, and get caught in the crossfire of some idiots because that's what they are thinking this is the wild west uh, I, I don't know where this mentality is coming from but yeah this, this is why rickster i think about living overseas eventually somewhere else where it's quiet <laughs> yeah but you know what there's no guarantee over there either because no there's no guarantee but but there are different countries and societies that handle the concept of guns 
a little different than this country does. But, you know, if you talk too much about it, you're, you're, you're a liberal socialist taking away guns from people. You pig. First it's one and then it's none. You know, that's their line all the yeah. time. And it's like, yeah, right. you need a semi-automatic or you need to have 16 guns, whatever. Yeah. Every Every American needs that, of course. But that's enough of that. But anyway, wrapping it up with that, I'm going to say, Rick, sunshine always. Any last thoughts? Be good, feel good. And I again, I... I'm still sorry for what you had to deal with with your brother. I hope he is doing better. I hope mom is doing okay. Yep. And um, and I thank you for being the rock that you are in helping us get this up and on the air again this week. Well, takes two. We're a team. With that, yeah. remember, of course, Middle Age Warriors is brought to you by Bet Online. <laughs> Bet Online. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.